Hello, Ambush! And welcome to this week's episode of the Desert Tiger Podcast here with me, Colton G. And on this episode of the DTP, I'm joined by R&B pop artist Sockup. We're talking about his new single, Move Until You're Numb. With his dreamy, smooth voice, Sockup drives to inspire and sweep you off to another plane, away from the distractions of the world, so you can focus on what is dear to your heart. Yes, and we're going to be talking about the progression of that voice from singing into a hairbrush microphone, watching MTV, some of the earliest memories Sockup has of music, and we're going to go through his progression, his growth as an artist, what it was finally like to release music, how he has grown through releasing his music finally, and we're going to talk about all the fun stuff like, you know, love and relationships and breakups and fighting through the tough moments and growing through them to become a better person and yeah we're gonna get a little bit deep on today's episode it's it's how we're gonna do we're gonna talk to Sockup about some of the relationships that he has built over his time as a musician specifically the one he has with production duo mixtape soul who not only was the uh, beat crafters behind this latest single, Move Until You're Numb, they also did his first single. We're going to talk about a series of songs that he calls the first four. What are their significance? And why were they released in the specific way that they were? And Sockup happens to be another inquisitive soul, such as myself, so naturally he decides to pick my brain a little bit during today's conversation. So you guys get to dive a little bit into my thought processes and experiences here as well. All of this and more in today's episode of the Desert Tiger Podcast, and it's all brought to you by DesertTigerMerch.com because that's where you go to copy yourself some sick DTP gear to rep it everywhere you go. DesertTigerMerch.com This Thursday or Friday, we are going to be launching some new items. That's right, we have a new design and it is printed on both some Heather Red and Heather Blue shirts. They're going to be available for you this week. Keep your eyes peeled. Now, with that being said, it is now time to spin Sockup's latest track. So I hope that you, the ambush, are ready to move until you're numb. Every minute of it, am I right or wrong? Plans for tonight, sit down in the shower and talk about life We just might work up an appetite Let the playlist play till the song you like comes on 
Colton, is this, uh, sorry if I pronounce this wrong, Saqib? It's pronounced Saqib, actually. Saqib, uh, okay. S-A-A, yes, yes sir. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. It is a beautiful day where I am, so I have no complaints. How are you today, my friend? I'm great, man. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm also doing pretty great. It's a, it's a nice, nice day outside. I'm sitting outside enjoying my cold brew and some water and just, uh, yeah, man. Living life. All is well. Hey, it's uh, some days that's all you can ask for is just the opportunity to live life. Yeah, for sure. All right, fantastic. Well, we're coming to, together today to talk about your new single, Move Until You're Numb, and a little bit about your career. You ready to uh, jump on into it? Yeah, man, let's do it. All right, fantastic. I love the energy. So... I mean, let's start off with the beginning, the progression here, because from what I can see, you only made the decision to really progress into music a few years ago. So what are some of your earliest moments, memories of music, and what exactly was that moment a couple years ago that made you truly decide that this is something you wanted to pursue? Well, um, I, will, I will say this. I've, I've been making music my entire life. It's just a matter of putting it in public, you know? It's it's just a matter of when I decided to think that I'd like other people to hear this and possibly relate to it. And, you know, I've, again, I've been making music since I was, like, you know, four years old. I remember standing in front of a television watching uh, Michael Jackson and New Kids on the Block on MTV and wanting to mimic their every move. So it's... Uh, this has been a, a lifelong pursuit of relating to people through music. Um, and it's just, it's recently happened, you know? So uh, I'm just blessed that I got the opportunity to make it this far in life to even have a conversation with you, Colton. This is, this is kind of great. Okay. Hey, no, I, I'm very thankful for the opportunity as well. So what exactly made you decide after years of creating and, having the passion, but having sort of the reluctancy, maybe the fear to put this, your voice out into the world. What exactly inspired you to finally get over that hump? There wasn't a moment. I'll say that. There was, 
absolutely not a moment that I would, there was no aha. It was always something I wanted to do. And uh, it was about growth and maturity and, and getting to a point where I felt like I was, uh, I, I had enough to say that I want, wanted other people to hear what I had to say. I had enough lived experience that I wanted to share that lived experience. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. You didn't want to rush into things and possibly put out something that misrepresented who you were as a human being. I mean, who who really knows who they are when they're 18 years old or 20 years old or even 25 years old? Mm -hmm. Who knows when who who knows who they are at, at any time in life? You know, I, I just think, you know, the older you get, the more experience you have with life and um, there's a certain level of maturity about what, why we're here that we, I think a lot of, at least myself, when I was younger, I didn't have that maturity. Okay, no, that's fair. And I completely understand that as well. I kind of feel very much the same way. Uh, so, I, I mean, I, I, read, I, I know this is a, more of an interview, but, you know, I'd like to just know more about you. About I, I write some things on online. I just, I'd like to know who you are like what what your path has been uh if you don't mind sharing well i absolutely have no problem in sharing and yes this is an interview but this is also a place for conversation so what can i answer for you so i know you're i i've read that you're a referee for um for wrestling but you're you also you're also in music um so how have you uh, come to this point in life where you're, you know, you're interviewing, you're, you're doing the refereeing, you're, you're still dabbling in music a bit. Uh, what, why, why does this exist? Why does Colton G's podcast exist? <laughs> well, um, Colton G had an experience a few years ago where eight years ago I quit drinking alcohol, but six years ago I still was like living very much of what I would say was a shell of myself. I had dreamed of doing like many of the things that I wanted to do that I'm doing right now. What a lot of people would say is their dreams or their goals. Like all of these things were still things that I was daydreaming at the age of 22 and at 24. And at 24, I almost lost my life. And um, for two weeks, I thought I was in a coma and I was just sort of walking around just once again, living as a shell of myself going through my PTSD. And as sort, I sort of came out of that, I realized that I almost lost my life having never actually pursued anything that I actually dreamed about or thought that I wanted to achieve. And yeah. I felt like that was a giant discredit to myself and the opportunity that I had to live. So I eventually began to do those things where I was a big fan of like the MTV in Canada. We had much music and like the video DJs that were on that sort of show where they constantly got to meet all these cool people and dive into the music and they got to bring you deeper into the world of the music. And I always thought that was really cool and something that I wanted to do. Oh, that's awesome. That's great. Yeah, uh, those uh, the Kurt Loaders of the world and the Sways. Yeah, those uh, those guys have always wanted to know more about the artist and, and the music, and uh, and it's 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 a shame you don't see much much of that anymore. You don't see a lot of uh, people who who really want to learn about the music and the process and and the the comfort of making art. 
Mm-hmm. Well, and it's it is, but I also feel like in this time of social media, we're getting to a point where some people can start to see through a lot of the fakeness and the facades yes. of a lot of what is going on, and they actually want to be able to connect to the person they're listening to, and I feel like this opportunity to give them that connection is finally starting to come back. Well, thank you for doing it. <laughs> no worries. No worries at all. Is there anything else I can answer for you? I mean, uh, no, I mean, let's just continue having the conversation. <laughs> Fantastic. I definitely agree. So you were working through things for a while. At what point does uh, Mixtape Soul work his way into your creative world, into your creative process when you begin working with that crew? Because... They helped you with not only your first single, but also your latest single. So it seems like they've been a part of this journey. So what has that connection been like, and how did it begin? So there's this uh, great website. I'm not sure if you are familiar with it or if your audience is familiar with it, but it's called BeatStars.com. Um, so uh, BeatStars is is a platform uh, similar to SoundCloud, but uh, in a different way. It's It's more of connecting the artist with the producer. And now they offer a ton of other services that connect artists together. So Mixtape Soul is a group from, uh, one of them is based in, in Seoul, Korea, and the other is based in Vancouver, Canada. And they, they must have met somehow, some way, years ago, and they've been making music together virtually ever since. And, uh, you know, I, I fell in love with their music online, and I uh, was able to license it, and I reached out to these guys uh, via Instagram, and they're super responsive, and 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 uh, we're willing to collaborate and work. And I continue to build that relationship with them. And uh, yeah, I, just, I love their music. And ever since I heard their music, I the first thing I ever heard, I was inspired to write something. You know, I, my first single was the first within the thir- first thirty seconds of hearing mixtape souls instrumental of it. So they just happened to have that vibe that really connects with the artist within your heart 100 percent. yes um you know i tend to listen to i like to listen to a lot of different artists and especially a lot of newer artists or artists that are unknown and again beat stars is one of those platforms that you could listen to so many producers and so many artists and you know once i came across mixtape soul i just completely fell in love with their vibe they're, they are amazing, dope artists and songwriters, and you know I hope to continue working with them. They've been so gracious with me. You know they've they've sent me, you know beats that I I say I like it, and they they'll just send it to me. They, I don't have to license it or anything. And then we work out everything on the back end too. We work out uh, how we split it, and we try to be as equitable as possible. And and you know they're just great souls, great human beings. Hmm. So you guys just try and create a solid community sort of vibe between each other so that it benefits each other as much as possible. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, we're humans, right? We got to connect with each other. So many times, man, you got people with blue check marks on Instagram who think they're better than everybody. And, you know, if someone, if an artist reaches out to them, they're not never going to look at it. They're never going to respond. Even if they look at it, right. I'll, I'll give you an example. I sent a demo to somebody who won't be named but he's a signed artist with a, with a major label and it was with his beat. 
they're they're sending out demos for artists to write to. And I I wrote something that I think is great to his beat. I sent it to him. He listened to it. I saw that he listened to it. But he didn't he didn't say anything. Hmm. Like so so many times people think that they're they're above other people when really we're just trying to connect through music. You know, I I was inspired by that person's music. I decided to add to that inspiration. You know, and and people when people want to do that, it, it that should be facilitated. So a community should be facilitated in in independent music, and uh, you know I'm trying to do that on the individual level, to facilitate a community with different artists, different musicians, and different people who are just trying to have their voice heard. Mm-hmm. No, I understand that for sure. Where it's we should be trying to build each other, and especially in the case if they're sending out a beat for the opportunity for it to have remixes done to it and for other people's creative voices to be applied to it you would think that this individual whoever it may be would want to help these people or put in their input especially if they've listened to it that they'd want to at least be able to give you some advice or some feedback so that you can continue to grow from there yes absolutely okay so I'm curious because you have a very strong voice. At any point, did you take lessons for your vocals, or was this just from years of working on things on the back end and just practice, practice, practice? Practice, practice, practice. Mostly, you know, I I like to listen to a lot of music and then try to emulate the artists. And again, Michael Jackson, you can hear it. Everyone can hear it. It's he's been my biggest influence, and I've been I grew up in his era or he was everywhere you know so i just wanted to mimic everything that he did both i used to be a dancer believe it or not i cannot do that anymore but i used to be able to dance sing do all that stuff but i really focused and honed it on the voice because that was the most unique thing about him to me everyone can mimic his dancing and add their own variation to it but you know the way he sang and his tone was uh something that i I just, I fell in love with, and I wanted to echo that, and it felt so deeply lost, at such a deep loss when he was, when he passed away, that that voice will not be heard anymore, you know, so it's, it's really just about touching souls with that tone, and I kind of lost track of the initial question, sorry, I, I tend to go on these rambling rants, and I'm not sure if it's beneficial to your podcast style, uh, <laughs> I, I can, I can be more straight, and to and narrow to the point if you want me to hey i'm just gonna say don't apologize continue to be yourself because we are continuing to introduce people to more of who you are so i want you to be honest with who you are please and thank you (laughs) no worries i like to ramble too so if it happens it happens we'll find a way back on track somehow (laughs) sounds good i'm I'm sure the audience has gotten used to it over the last couple of years by now (laughs) possibly yeah i've never done a podcast before by the way you you, uh you're the first one so oh well uh, thank you i the pleasure is all mine thank you (laughs) i'm not i'm not sure if you can tell by the way (laughs) (laughs) it's okay it's okay even some people who have done a ton of them still still aren't the smoothest or still do their own thing and it's it's all about i like the podcast format because we're not restricted by 
the TV format of, oh, we're going to interview you for 15 minutes and then we're going to use maybe four minutes of the material. No, right. we're introducing you to who the person is so that you can get to know them. Like I said earlier, people these days want to know the people that they're listening to, who they're supporting and everything else, what their mindset is. And we're getting that here right now with you. Cool, man. All right. So moving on in April 2nd, 2019, you finally release your first single onto the major streaming platforms after doing a couple of demos and covers and other things, prepping people to your voice, getting people ready for this music. Finally, Try comes out. What was it like to finally have your voice out in the world after years of just crafting and doing everything else on the back end and just working and working and now finally it's here you really know how to build the hype man i I will i will applaud you for that you absolutely know how to build hype on that moment and that feeling i have to say it is it is not as exciting as you're you're about to make it sound i just i put it out (laughs) i put it out and you know i was honestly it was it was the most incredible thing that happened was that people actually related to it. And that's, that was the moment where I figured out, Oh, you know, people actually want to hear this type of music and, and me relate to them in in that moment. So I put it out and people loved it at one point um, at the height of the promotion. When I was promoting it in South America, it was reaching about 3000 streams a day, which is incredible to me. Like, I mean, that's nuts. That's, that's like, it's not three, may not be 3000 people, but it's like, you know, half of that sitting there and listening to the song multiple times and it's a uh, great perspective great perspective putting that song out you know mm-hmm. no and it's not always that the first single has that opportunity where not only does it catch a few people but it catches them enough that they want to put it on repeat right right yeah so it's uh i, I mean i still love that song i i wrote that song in you know less than an hour that's it's the the song that's taking me the fastest you know, it, it, so to be able to write a song that quickly that resonates with so many people, it's just one of those moments, man. It's divine intervention for sure. Absolutely. So later on in 2019, you begin to release what you call the first four. Yeah. All my love each time, wait by the ocean across the room. So these, from what I can see, are the first four songs that you wrote. So... What was the decision to release all four of these sort of back to back to back to back on Fridays? And why weren't these released as the first singles? Did you feel Try just sort of introduced you better as an artist? Was there an actual decision behind this process? Or is it just the way that things ended up happening? I I think Try was just a good song, like a really good song. I didn't think... And I still to this day, I listen back to the first four and the first four are not the first song first. Sorry. The first four are not the first four songs that I ever wrote. They're Mm -hmm. the first ones that were that I thought were at least decent, you know, like, all right, there's a message here. The melody is good. I think people might like this. And I I was sitting on those songs for about two years and I I didn't want to release them. Um, cause I just didn't think they were good enough. I'm, I'm very self-critical and self-analytical. I'm, I'm this left brain, right brain person. 
where I my left brain is dominant and it tends to influence the right brain a lot. So uh, it it could be detrimental at times where I'm over analytical and I go on these ramblings like I'm doing right now. Um, but uh, the first four is uh, they I released it back to back to back because I just wanted to try a di- different strategy, right? You know, as an independent artist, you're learning these things as you go. So at the time, other artists such as Russ were famously stressing the importance of constantly releasing music. So Russ is one of those artists who released a song every single week for a year, and then eventually he popped off. But I realized that that type of brute force method of release doesn't really work with me, and it may not work with my type of music. Uh, it may work better with, with hip-hop, where hip-hop is more conscious. It's, it's less m- melodically driven. Um, so you can put out a song a week because you can record five songs a day. I can't really do that. I'm, I'm not nearly talented enough to record five pop R&B songs in a day. You know, so I, uh, I wanted to try it. I was sitting on those songs for a long time, and then I finally did it. And I didn't put any promotion behind it because I didn't think they were very good. And they're just there. They're just like their bonus tracks. You know, if people want to hear it, it's out there. I'm not going to stop them. <laughs> well, it's always good to give people the opportunity to see your growth and everything else as well because I you want to inspire with your voice and it's definitely one way to do so is to show people the growth process so that they too one day can maybe trust the process themselves. I hope so, man. Uh, I don't know if there's even a single person that I've inspired to do that, but if there is, then my, my job is done. I don't need to do this anymore. Like, I don't need to keep releasing music. If, if there's one who heard and has seen my journey and I'm no one right now, you know, and I'm probably, I may not be as more well-known as I currently am and that's okay. But if there's one person in this entire 7 billion person planet who was inspired by something I've done, I I'm good. I'm set for life. I've do, I've made, I've made an impact. And that's the important part, man, is making an impact. No, for sure. Absolutely. I love the mindset, continuing to trying to bring a positive vibe forward into the world, trying to be the change you want to see within the world. Yeah, man. Okay, so let's move into 2020, where, I mean, things have been a little bit different. Your first single releases on January 3rd, where the world is still very much in a... uh, regular uh pace we'll say but by the time your latest two singles end up coming out pause this moment on march 20th and move until you're numb on august 14th the world is in two very different locations Mm -hmm. so what has it been like sort of traversing this uh territory that has been 2020 i i tend to be uh a bit risk averse so i have been doing a lot of watching i'm watching what my peers are doing i'm seeing what the industry is doing and i've decided to take it much slower than i was already taking it i released by my side and the plan was to release by my side and then two three songs and then an ep and then my life got turned upside down and i started writing songs for uh like three or four or five songs a week um with this uh, group in uh, New Jersey, and I, I, I'd rather not disclose who they are yet, but I've been 
writing songs with them for a very long time. To me, it seems like a very long time. It's starting in January and then up till now. And yeah, I mean, that response, that response kind of sums it up, right? So much shit has happened in 2020. It's, it's only been nine months, you know, and it feels like it's been three years. So, you know, I'm, I've released three songs this year. Released as in I put it out on different platforms, Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, whatever. But I've I've written so many more. I, I've probably written like 30 songs this year. So it's like, and I've lived a lot of life. So 2020 has uh, definitely been a roller coaster, dude. Mm-hmm. No, it's uh, definitely felt like it's been much, much longer than it actually has been for sure. Almost like we kind of paused this moment, even though maybe we didn't want to in this way. So let's dive a little bit into pause this moment. Take us behind the scenes, what the song means to you. That song is uh, pretty special. I, I wrote it with uh, one of my best friends, um, Jay Aaron. And he's a, uh, I've known him for you know, 15 years and he's been a huge part of my musical journey as he's been on his musical journey and you know, I, I heard that instrumental again on Beat Stars, and I fell in love with it. And I, I was going through a very rough time in my life, uh, in my romantic relationship, and and yeah, things just were turned upside down. And I was in my feelings, so to speak. And me and me and my friend, we uh, Aaron, we really, um, you know, props to him. He's he's a brilliant songwriter, and um, he really helped me write this song and and feel what i was feeling at the time so just trying to really put the voice of having going through the possibility of a relationship ending and wondering just what's really going to become of everything that we've done and all that sort of fun stuff we'll say yeah i mean have you have you had relationships end on you Oh my goodness. <laughs> a, a couple we'll say. We'll say a couple. Yeah, have they been have they been long? Have they been short? Has it hurt? Have you been in love? I've definitely felt like I have been in love before and most of my relationships have been short. I've only really ever had one long relationship that's been over a year and I don't know, it's uh it's definitely a very um, interesting way of going through things because you try to remember everything that's good that's happened, but at the same time, there's also just so much else that's happening otherwise that you just get swept up by it all. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. You, you try to remember the good times, um, but sometimes man, the, the bad times outweigh the good. You know, and you, and you should focus on the bad times sometimes just to remind you of how rare the good times were. That's a very good way of putting it. I really like that. That's cool. No, it's something that sometimes people definitely do need to sit down and just think about. Yes, there are good moments, but over the course of things, how often were those good moments and how current were those good moments and do those good moments still continue into the present are you familiar with jordan b peterson yes so 
I'm a huge fan of him. And one thing that has really resonated with me that I, I tend to go back to over and over and over again is that life is suffering. Like inherently life is suffering. And it's how you deal with that suffering. I, I don't know what the end of that sentence is. I mean, it, it, it is how you deal with the suffering. That is what life is. No, it definitely is. I like to think that way too, where what defines us as people is how we conquer the things that try and conquer us and how we move forward from negative moments and how we continue to carry on and get stronger and grow from those experiences. And have you felt with, you know, with your relationships, relationships have ended, have you felt that type of growth? I feel every time a relationship ends, it not only teaches me the things that I don't want going forward, but also some of the things that I do want going forward, which I do help feels me grow. And it also gives you the opportunity to maybe look through some of the opportunities where you yourself maybe haven't been the greatest person in the relationship mm. and also gives you the chance to grow and maybe be a better person going forward into your next relationship. 100% man. Life is about growth for sure. Mm -hmm. No, I definitely agree. I'm glad that we can uh, agree on that where it's uh, hardship can be um, a really good thing sometimes. Rock bottom is a good place to get back on your feet sometimes. Absolutely. It's a kick in the ass. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I've noticed how Cross the line, show
That it definitely can be. All right, let's switch up the vibe a little bit into the latest single, which it's a little bit more about relationships, but in a much more different light here. This song, Move Until You're Numb, from what I can see, it's inspired a little bit by the situation that we're living in right now, sort of breaking out of the monotony, the constant negativity that surrounds us so yourself how did you get into the mindset of writing this song and breaking out of that negativity and crafting move until you're numb well again i i heard the i heard the beat and immediately a melody came to mind the like that melody is like it's very similar to a michael jackson song i that i don't want to say what song it is it that's for people who hear it to guess um but it's very it's very similar in in that regard and uh it's i was just immediately inspired by just hearing that and and at the time you know in my life i was uh we were in quarantine you know this is early in early july so just a couple of months ago um we were still in quarantine here in new jersey and you know i was spending most of my quarantine with the love of my life and you know she and i would would go through these dry spells where it's just, it's kind of, you know, life can get kind of uh, scary, you know, with everything that that was happening in, in the news at the time. This is, again, this is early July, and this is at the height of all of the protests, or the protests have, had just dialed down at that point, really, in America, you know, uh, so, you know, mm-hmm. plus the coronavirus and, and all of these things, like, it really the unemployment rates, like everything, like life really, um, it was really hard to be excited about the future, you know? So I, I wrote that song almost to myself and, uh, not maybe to my girl as well, but mostly to myself saying, Hey, close your eyes, forget about the world, just dance, just enjoy it. 
enjoy the fact that you're breathing and you're living and you're loving, you know, and enjoy this moment. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's really hard to sometimes uh, given the state of the world, but you know, sometimes you just, you got to shut it all out. No, it's, it is. It's, you can't constantly live in that situation or else your brain starts to shut down and then you're thinking in your flight or flight mode and you're not thinking clearly your body isn't producing and running as properly as it should be. And it's just, sometimes you need to take that step away to just do what's best for you and appreciate some time to yourself. 100%. Do you, do you do, um, I know you're, um, has, has the wrestling, has it presumed, like it has it resumed since the quarantine or are you, I'm not sure where you're located. I, was under the assumption that you're in like in the United States. Is that correct? <laughs> I'm actually in British Columbia, uh, in Canada. Ah, so I'm right near um, uh, Vancouver. I'm in what is known as Kamloops. So ah, Vancouver. Nard Nardwar is from Vancouver, isn't he? Yes, Nardwar is the bomb. Also, one of the uh, people who inspired me to want to do this sort of thing. I totally hear that, dude. I totally hear it. <laughs> <laughs> with with your enthusiasm i was i was thrown off guard for sure with your enthusiasm and um it immediately immediately reminded me of nardwar man so that's a great person to look up to i, I love his stuff and i love his uh his character um uh go ahead i'm sorry so you're you're from uh, uh kamloops so we're north of vancouver about four hours so vancouver happens to have the majority of the cases like our area around like the beginning of july had like a decent breakout but other than that there's really only like a couple cases in our area a day so there has been one company that has been running like very social distance shows where we're only letting in like 35 fans and everybody is spaced out according to their groups like you have to buy your seats in your groups beforehand so that we know how many chairs we're putting together and everybody has to wear their masks during the show they have to sanitize their hands when they come in you can't try and like high five the wrestlers or anything of that sort so with the fans we're pretty di distance and then thankfully the building we're using the locker room is big enough that we all sort of can find our own space to stretch out and do our own thing without being too too close oh that's amazing that's great uh, at least you guys are back at it which is which is awesome has it has it gotten cold up in vancouver yet or no or in bc Thankfully, uh, out here on the coast, it's a little bit warmer. So, like, the middle of Canada has definitely started to dip below zero and started to see cold. But, like, this week we've been seeing still above, uh, let's see, we work in Celsius in Canada. So, that would be, like, 20 degrees something. So, it would probably be, like, somewhere around, like, 70s or something where you are. Yeah, good weather. Like, yeah. Nice sunny, sunny weather, warm weather. Yeah. Oh, dope. That's great. Okay. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's, it's about the same here in, in Jersey as well. Oh, the reason I was asking is because, you know, it's right now it's still a little bit warmer out. Um, but once it gets colder, it may, it may be more difficult to, to do these things, to, to do these events. So I was, I wasn't sure how, um, your area was handling, uh, events. You know, I, I was thinking about coming up to that part of Canada at some point, and I've, I've always wanted to perform around that area. So, uh, I'm just trying to envision how far into the future I'll be able to do that. Mm -hmm. So we just had an order where they just closed all the bars back down, but like some restaurants are still going and like 
you can do like outdoors type shows and it all really depends on the venue so like 2021 is probably more of like things will probably open back up because they just closed the bars down just because um they've been having a lot of party problems in our areas so they're just trying to control that put an axe on it right away just so that it doesn't get too out of hand yeah makes sense it it's tough though people want to live man people get cooped up Mm -hmm. no especially during the summer season when for a few months everybody was inside their houses it gets really nice out everyone wants to go out they want to go camping they want to celebrate and do their holiday stuff and all the fun things that they're used to doing before they have to possibly go back and shut back in for the winter yeah, so I'm glad you guys are getting it out of the way now, for sure. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. I agree, too. It's uh, Thankfully, um, like I said, our area is under control, and our shows haven't really been putting anybody at risk, so thankfully, we've been smart about things. Great. That's, I mean, that's the way to do it. You have to be smart. Social distance, wear a mask, um, hand, sanitize your hands, and just, you know, don't cough in somebody's face. Like, <laughs> like that's probably the most important thing you can do is don't sneeze and cough in somebody's face. Just be, be sanitary. And if you do, if you happen to sneeze, go wash your hands. Like, <laughs> uh, it's, it, this entire pandemic has taught everybody how, how, to, properly, how, to, how to be properly hygienic. <laughs> it's kind of crazy how f- uh, many people weren't being properly hygienic before. <laughs> it, it is. <laughs> I agree 100%. Oh my goodness. All right. So I really want to know, so as an artist, once you finally start recording and releasing music, I want to know what the growth has been like through this recording process, say from the first four up until move until you're numb. How do you feel that you've grown not only as an artist, but also as a human being through this process? It's, it's definitely taken away the allure of being an artist. I, I will say that, like, I, uh, this entire time, you know, you know, for the last seven, eight years, I've, I've had a full-time job, you know, so I'm, I'm, I have a career completely separate from music and the career has always been one side. It's my left brain being dominant. And then it, the, the music has always been the right side being dominant, you know? So I've, I've grown a lot over the years, and when I realized, I've always wanted to be an artist, but what I realized is that sometimes, you know, that is overrated. Like, living an artist's life is, like, the way, the way you see celebrities live, it's, that's, I don't know if I want that. And that's what I've learned over the last year and a half, is I don't know if I want to be some rock star who everyone knows and who can't live a normal life. I thought I did, but, I mean, that shit kills you. So I want to live. I want to, I want to have grandchildren, great grandchildren. I don't want to die at 50 like Michael did. And then constantly where Michael's children are still being put in tabloids and everything else. And did they even want that life? No, of course not. They didn't get a, get a choice, man. That's, that's the fucked up part is that those kids, they've been dealing with this shit since they were born. Is it Michael's kids? Is it not, you know, like that, that bullshit. And then being around him and that entire, that entire thing where he did with the, where he held his son over the balcony, like he got a lot of shit for that. Mm-hmm. And the kids got a lot of shit for that. The, the kids have been, have been dealing with it for their entire lives. And again, they didn't have a choice. They were born into it. So it's like, I, 
possibly have a choice where, you know, I, I have a choice of whether or not I want to be a megastar. And I, I, now I know I do definitely do not want to be, I do not choose that. Mm-hmm. Definitely uh, keep things uh, level-headed and understand where you want to be within the industry rather than being at the forefront and everybody's trying to vie for a piece of you. I, uh, I couldn't do it, man. There's 7 billion people on this planet. I can, I can barely handle a couple hundred in my brain. You know, <laughs> I, I couldn't possibly, I couldn't possibly have personal connections with 70 billion people. And, and if you get to a point, I don't know if that's, if that'll ever be the case anymore, you know, in, in 2020, if we're ever going to have mega stars like that, like, I think it like Drake weekend and maybe like a one direction guy, like those are the guys who are probably and, and Bieber, right? Those are, those are people who are mega stars. Mm-hmm. Ed Sheeran, those are people that everyone knows and everyone wants a piece of. I don't know if 10 years from now that that is going to be a thing. I hope not. I really hope not. But I I know for sure that I don't want to be a part of that. Mm -hmm. Well, and you even see with a lot of those people where it's not even what they want. Yeah. I mean, with, with, with Justin Bieber, he was, what, 12, 11, when he got YouTube famous and Usher signed him. Mm -hmm. Like, that was... Um, what do you really know when you're 11 years old, right? Michael was that old too. He was 10 or 11 years old when he released his first single or something. He may have been even younger than that. He may have been eight years old. But what eight-year-old wants to know? Like knows what they want to do for the rest of the rest of their life. Mm -hmm. Knows how they want to live. Nobody knows that at, at that young. Well, and to have the responsibility of pretty much being the breadwinner in your household at the age of 12 and mm trying to balance that and trying to make sure that as a 12 year old, how do you know who you can trust? How do you know that people aren't going to try and use you and everything that has happened to a lot of these people who were in those situations? Exactly. Yeah. How, how are you supposed to know what a real human being is like, you know, mm -hmm. like everyone is so fake, especially when you're like important to their 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 business and important to their money like everyone is really really fake mm -hmm. so how do you know what a genuine human being is uh how someone is supposed to react you know uh, i don't know it's tough i i'm i'm glad i i was never put in that position for sure and then you get to the part of michael after years of being like used and abused by the tabloids how do you make friends after that like to know like how do you put that level of trust into another human being Exactly. Exactly. So I'm, I'm, I feel very blessed that I am as old as I am and I, I've never had to be put in that, put in that position. I don't think I ever want to be. Okay. Well, hopefully, hopefully you still have the opportunity that your music can do amazing things for you, but doesn't put you in that sort of a situation for sure. That's the goal, man. I want to live a, a Max Martin lifestyle where nobody really knows who Max Martin is, but he's, He's made millions and millions of dollars off of the music that he's created. Exactly, exactly. Find a way to put make that balance in it so you can still live your life and get those experiences that you can put into your music later on. Mm-hmm. 100%. All right. So you mentioned earlier that there was hopes of putting out an EP here in 2020, but of course, plans have changed. So... 
what exactly does the future look like? Is there has there been an album maybe put on the back burner for 2021 now or what exactly has does the future look like what can you let us in on you know i've i've had an album ready since i was 18 years old and slowly i remove songs and then add songs and then i remove songs and add songs and i must have i must have you know 20 different versions of an album by now you know since at I've been doing this for like, you know, 15, 16 years. I don't know, man. I don't know if I'm going to release an album. I don't know if I'm going to release things on Spotify or Apple Music or, uh, you know, I'm not a major label artist. I, I'm an independent artist and I, I have a relatively small fan base who I think likes my music. I'm just going to put it on a platform where they can appreciate it. Uh, I really love Bandcamp. I don't know. if Are you familiar with Bandcamp? Yes, I love Bandcamp. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's great. And it's, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about pulling all of my music from DSPs, from Spotify, Apple Music, even YouTube, pulling all of it and putting it directly on Bandcamp. You know, I think at that point, um, the music can be appreciated a bit more. Mm-hmm. No, I can definitely understand that uh, thought process for sure. And Bandcamp definitely... Uh has a much more musician-centric thought process behind them than a lot of the other DSPs do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like I'm, I'm trying to um, be a big fish in a huge, humongous ocean, you know, when I, when I put my music on DSPs. It's, it, it's not a business model that works for any independent artist, like, unless you go viral. And how many people go viral? How many people have hits, like, songs that, that get millions of streams out of nowhere that doesn't happen very often mm-hmm. if you look at the percentage of artists out there there are so many artists today technology has made it incredibly easy to be an artist and to release music on spotify um how many of those artists get millions of streams nobody nobody man and 0.1 percent and most of the time by the time they release their next song a major label has snatched them up and given them you know whatever amount of money that they want to to own them and own their rights so yeah that's uh i'm i i want to move away from that i don't want to cater to this corrupt music industry uh i want to release music directly to fans and and if they want to pay for it cool no that's an interesting thought process and you definitely see artists like the aforementioned russ and even where the uh opportunity with drake having uh his contract coming up soon and him possibly moving into the independent sphere there's a lot of musicians who are trying to take back control of the music industry because it hasn't benefited the musician in a very very long time think about drake's contract right drake was assigned to lil wayne to cash money every time drake releases a song lil wayne is eaten off that song he's eating off of Drake's career. And Lil Wayne was great. Lil Wayne had a great career of his own. But but you see the pyramid scheme, don't you? Mm-hmm. Like, you see the pyramid scheme of, of established artists signing unestablished artists and then promoting them and then eating off of them for the rest of their lives. It's it's kind of sick, you know? To me, that it's just that entire industry seems nasty to me. Now that I know how it works, I don't, I don't know if I want to play play that game. 
No, I understand how you mean. It's Little Wayne is at the point where at the beginning of Drake's career, he would feature on a couple songs and album, and now he's at the point where he doesn't even have to record, and he still makes more money than he did probably when he himself signed his first record contract. It's incredible. It's incredible. And, and I don't know if Drake's going to go independent. Um, what does independent really mean for Drake at, that, at this point? Like, he, it'll be some sort of distribution deal. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, it'll be OBO signs, signs a $50 million distribution deal, $100 million distribution deal with, with uh, Warner Records or uh, Republic. You know, Republic is where Drake is on right now. Mm-hmm. So that's all that means. He's, not, he's never going to go truly independent where he's, he has no major label backing whatsoever. That's not going to happen. Well, exactly. And then it comes down to the OVO with what artists is he going to put on and does the cycle continue from there? Yeah, uh, it's interesting with OVO, man. Like it's I found it fascinating to know that Drake up until this point did not release music under OVO. He released it under Republic Records and Cash Money. Like even to this day for you know 12 years, he's been releasing music. He's been releasing it not under OVO, not under the brand that he built. So it makes me think, like, I feel bad for the guys like Maja Jordan and and for uh, uh, Party. Like, these guys probably have 500 songs in their catalog, but they don't get a chance to release it. And that kind of sucks, you know? OVO is even uh, is a better label, too. They're a better label than, than most indie labels. But even, like, Division just released an album. Like, how long has it been since Division released an album? It's been a very long time. So. I don't know. The industry is, uh, again, it's dirty. The, the entire label owning people's copyrights structure, that, that shit is dirty to me. I don't, I don't want to partake. Nah, I understand that completely. And the industry continues to shift and change, and we continue to learn and try and adapt with it. Indeed. Mm-hmm. All right. So before I ask my last question... Where can the ambush find out more about Sakib? I have a website now, but the website just redirects to a landing page for my music. It's it's uh, my artist name. It's S A A K B Sakib dot uh, com. Sakib dot com. You'll find from there. You'll find my my music, my social medias, um, and yeah, and eventually it'll lead you to a website where you can buy my music because I'm I'm taking my shit off of DSPs. I've already decided. So, uh, yeah, Sakib.com. All right. All right. Well, I will direct the uh, ambush to wherever they can find your music and support you best. All right. Last question of our conversation. So as an artist who spent a lot of time crafting music and sort of taking his time before presenting himself to the world, say... There's another artist, and I mean, heck, this even applies to myself, who is maybe taking their time crafting their music, putting their voice out there, or maybe they're just afraid to put their voice out there. Someone who took their time getting to the point where he finally felt comfortable with putting out his reflection of himself. What would you say to this individual? Keep going. Keep working. Get to a point where you are comfortable. Don't release something and try to be something before you're ready to be something. No, that's it. 
All right, fair enough. Nice, sweet, and simple. I like it. Thanks for doing this, man. I really appreciate it. Hey, I appreciate you. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk about your music and your journey with me. Likewise, man. Thank you for taking the time. And thanks to you, The Ambush, for also taking the time for tuning into today's episode of the DTP. Today on the show, we played two of Sockup's tracks for you. His latest single, Move Until You're Numb, kicked off the show. And in the middle of this episode, we played Pause This Moment. You can find both of these tracks, plus the rest of Sockup's catalog, yes, on your favorite music streaming service. Unless, of course, he actually does pull it all down and put it on Bandcamp. As of right now, that hasn't happened. So hurry to your favorite music streaming service, and you might as well, you know, maybe purchase it just in case he does just happen to put it on Bandcamp. Support good art, you know? It's a good thing to do. So with that being said, it's about time I gave one last roaring DTP thank you to Sockup for joining me here on the show to tell us about his journey through the sand. And I need to go ahead and thank the person who brought this all together, and that is the wonderful Amanda from over at Vocab Communications. Alright Ambush, we're getting close to the end of the episode, so here's a few things that you can do to help the DTP. If you haven't joined the Ambush yet, it's super easy. All you have to do is go ahead and hit subscribe on your favorite podcast listening service. Maybe it's the one you're using right now. You can also go ahead and review the show if that service happens to offer that option like Stitcher or Apple Podcasts. Five stars would help us out a lot. You can also share this episode. It's as simple as taking a screenshot, sharing that image, and tagging Sockup, me, Colton G, or the Desert Tiger Podcast. Of course, the other way you can help the show grow is by heading on over to DesertTigerMerch.com and copping yourself a little bit of DTP wear to rep everywhere you go in front of your friends, your family, and even your enemies. If you still see those people during a pandemic situation. Yeah, if that's a thing. Alright, this Friday on the show, we are joined by one of the members of Wide Mouth Mason, and we're going to be talking about the 20-year anniversary of their album, Stew. And I can't wait for you to join us here when that all goes down on Friday. So, until then, you know what it is. I want you to put your paws in the sand and journey across the desert to find your desert oasis, your mountaintop, whatever it is that happens to make your heart scream and sing at its greatest capacity find the thing that makes you happy and when you do make the most of it and show the world your craft sing from across that mountaintop across that oasis let your roar be heard because it is beautiful just like you and until next week
Bye-bye, you beautiful striped tiger cubs.